yo, 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 what? your excitement hi how's it hi. going is it usually, usually this warm in here it's gonna get a lot warmer because we have to turn the air conditioner off that's real fancy stuff you know oh, do you have to do that at your place i do yeah uh, sometimes depending on the session that's why i try i crank the air down to like 70 yeah before but it's if i don't care about the session i just let it go yeah i think today true. was a 69 day uh-huh why well, i just cranked it down to 69 hey, hey right. 69 day <laughs> hey we have a we have a first time guest on the show my good buddy James. Hello. James, thanks for coming. Thanks for inviting me. Happy, uh, happy to be here. We wanted to get you on... Long-time listener, first-time caller. Two stoner movies <laughs> September's ago for uh, Dazed and Confused. Dazed and Confused. <laughs> the, the movie that I've oh. seen more than anything in my entire life. Yeah? Yeah. More what than about... I've seen more, more than I've seen my reflection in the mirror. <laughs> You've seen Dazed and Confused Yeah, that's true. What about... Uh, Everybody wants some. Did you see that? I did. What'd you think of it? I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I liked it. Well, I think yeah. we covered that one last yeah. year. That's right. You did. That's and right. Those two are like the highlights of stoner movies September so far. I think those two and Big Lebowski might be the best of the best of stoner movies September. So far. So far. Yeah. Oh. So far. James, I brought you on here for a very specific reason because mm. you are the biggest Kiss fan I know. I'm also the biggest Kiss fan I know. Yeah. Really? James is a huge Kiss fan. Well, that, and that's what I was wondering. Like, is this about the movie or about my knowledge of Kiss? So kind of both. both. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah, this awesome. Cur- this, is a, this is a big curiosity to me. Well, so what I'm excited to discover here tonight is if there are things that you didn't know that happened in the movie that are very Kiss-related. There yeah. are a lot of references. I wonder if there are a lot of references that I... I took completely differently being a Kiss fan. I think there are probably some we're going to miss, but I did look at, like, my wife, who, like, joined me for watching this, and uh, I was just like, you can tell this, the writer of the screenplay really loved Kiss, because it feels like almost everything in here is like, well, we need this here because it'll be a reference to Kiss. We don't care how the story works to get there, but this this person's going to be there because it's a reference from a song. Or uh, sure. this person's going to be That's, there yeah, because course, yeah. I think that, they're related to too, Gene think, Simmons. Or this person's going to be there. Like because... a lot of things Kiss-related, I'm pretty sure Gene Simmons had a big hand in this movie. You, he's executive producer. So. He's executive oh, producer. One of, and, one of three. And, that explains uh, it. He's usually pretty involved in all things Kiss. I do it's know true. that. It's true. Um, if if that... Kiss, if the trademark name is involved, then he knows exactly what's going on. And In fact, I yeah. was kind of worried about doing this tonight with you guys because I didn't know if he might eventually get in contact and uh, be quite upset. <laughs> I mean, he um, might. I don't know how... I don't think he will be, and we'll get to yeah, that. He'll want to know how much money you're making from this. this. Fuck. He'll, like, he'll want a percentage. He probably will. That's that's the little high. He can that. have 10 cents. <laughs> it is yeah. fine. He can have our 10 cents. But James, uh, I don't want to... I... I embarrass do. you, but you are a Kiss friend from like the earlier days, correct? A Kiss friend from the earlier days. I, did I say friend? I did. I am a Kiss friend, but a Kiss fan We're all too. Kiss friends. Uh, <laughs> like, how did you get into them? Let's start so, there. Okay, I, I understand why you would say you don't want to embarrass me. See, the thing is, is I'm completely aware that Kiss is a terrible <laughs> band. 
I wasn't saying that. I was saying more like you've been in it from almost the start, right? Oh, well, I actually can the we... start of Kiss. Oh, you're embarrassing me because of my age. I can wasn't we... trying to. <laughs> yeah. can you put a pin in this. Yeah. Wait, real quick, what is your age? I'm 45. Okay, so for reference, I'm 32. Kyle, you are 35. 35. Uh-huh. So you have you ha- you are a decade apart from us. So you are a different generation, eh, essentially. To a degree, yeah. Right? I would say because I'm technically a millennial. You are not a millennial. Right now, I missed that one. But it I, I, is, <laughs> I'm gonna. It is interesting. You said they're a terrible band because my dad is also like a diehard Kiss fan, and he he is the first one to say like, "Yeah, they're a terrible band, but he they know how to market it. themselves." Of course, and that's not what it's about. It's, yeah, it's, they they do write really catchy songs. Yep, or have written really catchy songs. It's the community, it's, right? It's and it's the show. It's the it's the it's such a huge display of awesomeness and even at the end of detroit rock city that whole performance when i watched it recently i got chills again right (laughs) and i was like oh my god it still it still works for me oh yeah i got to be lucky i got to see (laughs) kiss live one time it was one of the greatest shows i've ever seen in my life right it was crazy and the end of detroit rock city the movie is very (laughs) reminiscent of that yeah it's true it was it captured that pretty fucking pretty accurately you don't care if they're not in tune or if they're you know singing off key all of a sudden there's a huge explosion or there's fire or there's blood yeah and it's like this is such an awesome time i i've seen them numerous numerous times and they did um i don't even know well when this movie came out that was during the the first reunion, the resurrection, almost. Yeah, yeah, and they were back with the makeup on and and all all the original members back together, and they were everywhere. For, for, for reference, uh, this is about ninety six, ninety seven. This this period of time, I think this movie came out in ninety nine. Ninety nine. Yeah, okay, yeah. So, so it was about ninety eight when they, when they did the the first uh, reunion tour. Okay, and I went to like the first like three or four shows. And it was amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I had seen Kiss the first time when I was really, really young, and I don't remember it. Um, very young. And back when little kids would go to concerts like Kiss. And then I <laughs> That's went. That's also a thing in this movie. Yeah, exactly. Right? With the the kid, the little brother Chongo's little brother. Yeah. And, uh, um, and then I went again on the Crazy Nights tour, which was 1987, and it was a horrible album, horrible tour. And Ted Nugent opened, and um, it was, uh, dare I say that I think the first time that I ever smelled pot. Really? Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know if I. I don't think I smoked it. <laughs> I think I was too young and too terrified of what it was at that time. You know. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But uh so yeah, I saw them several times around this around the late nineties when they were doing all these these shows and it was just mind blowing and I felt like uh this is the greatest time I've ever had in my entire life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're you're singing along to these songs you've heard thousands of times and they're flying all over the arena above the crowd and there's explosions and lightning and the speakers are exploding and, and blowing out and, and swing. The speakers are actually sparking and hanging over the crowd. Like, like, <laughs> like it was an accident and people are terrified, you know, and it's just like the greatest and spectacle. It's all part of the act. You know? it's, it's all amazing. part of the act. Yeah. Oh. Loved it. 
So, like, how did you come to discover Kiss? Oh, that's a fun story. Yeah. I was eight years old, and my neighbor, the kid who was probably 13, was a huge Kiss fan, came over and brought this box of stuff and said, hey, will you hide this for me? I can't. My mom won't let me have it anymore. God damn, it's so fucking eerie. Yeah. So I took it down to the basement and I opened it up and it was every Kiss album, a ton of Kiss posters and just pages of Kiss ripped out of magazines and just like everything, everything Kiss. And I just uh, got sucked in. And for the next like several years, he he didn't ever want it back. And I would ask him. He said, no, just just keep it. And... His name was Bruce McDougal. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And what up, Bruce? The, yeah, Bruce means a lot <laughs> to me. Um, in fact, I have purposely avoided getting in touch with Bruce <laughs> because I, I'm afraid to uh, confess too much to him about how much he means in my in my life as far as like music goes. Sure. Because he was uh, he was the first person I ever saw play live guitar. And it was, it was, he was playing Crazy Train with his band on the front porch of his house. And I had never seen like a band, like a live band before. And my mom knew right away, oh my God. She's like, come on, come back inside, come back inside. No, I want, I, I, no, I want, yeah. And, taken and, at that moment, <laughs> I knew I lost him, you know, and look at me now. <laughs> was your mom close to the mom in this movie? Like it sounds like the, no. know, the kids was. As far as um, like um, mom seems yeah, to have Bruce been. McDougal, yeah, Bruce McDougal seems like he has Lynn Shay as a mom. Yeah, right. I think so. Like you get rid of these these records, so he That's took him to the neighbor boy and ruined my life instead. Yeah, corrupted uh, you. Yeah, and I still have all those records and ruined. and and multiples. And so it got to the point where people over the years started just giving me Kiss records. Or hey, I was at this oh. flea market and I got these Kiss records. So, like, people, a lot of fr- friends of mine know that, like, Kiss Alive is my favorite record of all time. I have, like, eight copies of vinyl. Kiss Alive? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. We've talked about this extensively. I'm more of a fan of Kiss Alive 2. Right. Myself. Uh, primarily because it has, I think, the best version of God of Thunder. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Uh, well, Kiss, like I told you before, Kiss Alive 2 was my favorite for the longest time. And I thought it was my favorite. And then... I realized <clears throat> no, Kiss Alive. It, it's primarily because of a hundred thousand years and that drum and solo, the drum solo that you know I love. That yeah. I, I uh, kind of made you play in, in your own way, which so, you, which you did very well. I don't know if you've heard that, Ryan. What what band was this? This is Winches. And what song? Uh, we covered Kiss. A hundred thousand oh, years. Uh huh. Yeah, and 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 uh, the reason why the song in particular because on the live on a live there's this thirteen minute drum solo. And I really wanted Kyle to do this in the studio, but make it his own, which he did, and it's amazing. And it's not 13 minutes long. No, no, it's not. It's it's wonderful, though. like maybe a minute and a half, two minutes at most. Damn. You should have gotten more indulgent. Well, I'm always of the... I'm more of a less is more guy. That's that's always my argument anyways when I'm making a song. It's like, no, cut it. Leave him wanting more. I feel like if you've got it, you need to flaunt it. Sure. Because the people who don't aren't. Right. (laughs) That's a sentence. <laughs> that, 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 that drum solo actually has been such a major influence in a lot of my music that a previous band that I was in for several years, we did our last album. We had a very long drum solo because of that, too. Yeah. <laughs> I know, like, so the thing I know about Kiss and Kiss fans in particular is that 
there is no such thing as a casual Kiss fan. You either right. fucking love Kiss or you despise them for whatever reason. Right. There's nobody. It's like, oh, yeah, Kiss is all right. You, you either are really a part of it and you are like sucked into yeah. this culture of Kiss, which is a thing that like very few bands can ever achieve. I can think of Tool and I... ICP off the top of my head. <laughs> well, I, I would think Metallica also classifies up there like uh, people that like. I don't know. Metallica is one of those bands that's just like. Do Kiss fans shit on Kiss the way Metallica fans shit on like Saint Anger though? Oh yeah. You think? I don't think. I so. I don't know. I think that there's uh, there's different um, types of Kiss fans. Um, I think that you know I, I'm a Kiss fan who can't stand like the last several records they did because they're just horrible i am not a diehard kiss fan that loves everything they do you know there's there's even that song that's at the end of detroit rock city during the closing credits which is atrocious yeah song and that's it's not detroit rock that's what they end the movie with but that's not the credits no but there but there's one where it's it's very slow and it's um um it's kind of like the god gave rock and roll to you kind of which oh. I just I can't stand that. Uh, it, maybe it's on the soundtrack, which you I you don't like. The God gave rock and roll to you. It might be no from Bill and Ted. Even no. like when it is it, in Bill and Ted. I I think I you don't already think it works I, for that movie. I, yes, actually, I guess I, I it does work for the movie. But I when it came you, like, on, when I saw the movie, I was yeah. a little I was a little <laughs> upset. Of, I already disliked the song. What about uh, <laughs> I was made for loving you? What's your thoughts on on the disco? Oh yeah. So there's one of the the greatest jokes in the in the film. I know. I and love even, that too. You know, and and then even uh, so I have the VHS copy here. I love it. Do you, do you see that it says at the bottom? Disco sucks. Disco yeah. sucks. And I love the the joke, which is uh, Natasha Leone, who makes that joke that uh, uh, yeah. I'm sure Kiss will even do a disco a song. Disco song. Like, no, no, way, no, never. And then like I think it's like when this movie is set, they released a disco song like the next year. From when this movie <laughs> right. is set, I think that's so. They were that... so that was seventy eight, right? Yeah, and then um, Dynasty came and then out. Dynasty came out seventy nine. Yeah, I think that I was made for loving you was fantastic. It's a great song. I was but... not familiar that I I did not know that was a disco song. Yeah, but I could tell from that joke. I was like, oh, so they went on to make a disco song. I absolutely did. I don't know which one it is, but it I is got a pretty it. fucking good song. It's a really good song. Yeah, I think I, like I think it, that yeah. when I was growing up and listening to that, I don't think I knew because I don't think I knew what disco was. Sure. So yeah. to me, it was just Kiss. Because I so listen much to Kiss rock in it too. That I know, it's kind yeah. of hard to discern the disco. Like yeah. it's not full disco either. Right. Right. But. But about, at the time, I only listened to Kiss and Pat Benatar, so I didn't really know ooh. know anything better. Is Pat Benatar disco? No, she's no. she's more of an edge. She's got she's got the rock. I think that was uh, a Christmas present or something that I got from a brother or something. So I had like nine Kiss albums and <laughs> and a Pat Benatar album, and then like the Wizard of Oz storybook or something. Nice. Yeah. Did you ever did you ever get collection. like grief for being a Kiss fan when you were younger? Did you ever get made fun of or anything like that? Yeah, because people think that they're stupid and just you know. So when you were growing up, it was band. more that they were stupid, not like the the religious outcry of like their their Satan. No, I didn't experience that. You didn't uh, go through that. This movie also has a lot of like, uh, well, they're in makeup, so they're clearly not manly men, you know. 
They throw the F bomb around a lot. Yeah. So that uh, seriously, that, that's, was that how it was? Was that your experience? Well, you know, like 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 then experience? then and, and in the eighties, that word was thrown around so I much anyway. Everybody. But that's that's kind of was that one of the things they throw at Kiss fans? Was that pretty accurate? Like oh, I don't know. I don't. I don't. That whole, I don't think I was normally around a bunch of other Kiss fans to be ridiculed uh, by jocks or other people you know what i mean sure like but i do remember the the day that i um asked my mom what's mom what's a faggot yeah she's like where did you hear that did somebody call you that i'm like yeah oh <laughs> she's like well i don't remember her answer yeah i was like i actually what, don't remember what her is, answer what did she say <laughs> let's call her up <laughs> 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 it was like, and that's. And we have your mom I mean, on line one. Let's cut to her, right? Now. Hi, honey. We'll, we'll get way more into it as we go. But that's one thing I do appreciate that, about this movie is that it knows that at that time period, that was an insult that was thrown around quite a lot. Yeah. I would argue this movie is written from, like, at the time, some 30 or 40 year old writer who this was his teenage years. Like, every big dramatic moment in this movie, like, either happened to him or some variation happened to him but this is a lot like richard Linklater stuff where it feels very sure. authentic and yeah like, absolutely this, feels like this it's guy really, clearly yeah. like knows people a lot like this well what was funny to me is that i grew up in the era of marilyn manson when i was in high school marilyn yeah. manson was the big evil and i it's just funny because there's always the big evil in music that's corrupting the kids and it was Alice Cooper, and then it was Kiss. Yeah. And then it was Marilyn Manson. All all in the same... Yeah. And, like, it it didn't do anything. Like, I I fucking listen to Marilyn Manson. I'm I'm still fucking fine. It doesn't matter. In fact, and it's weird, too, because now I think, maybe similar to the way Kiss is now, like, I think Marilyn Manson's a little lame. Like, still trying to hold on to this edge Uh, that he had in the 90s, you know? And it's like, nah, man, you gotta... I went through a big Marilyn Manson phase. Yeah. And I, you know, I... I didn't want to accept that I really liked Marilyn Manson. Then one day it was like, and I read his book too. That and book is awesome. Yeah, it's really good. And then I realized, wow, Marilyn Manson is super badass. And now I feel the same way. I'm like, every new album that comes out, I'm like, man, maybe we're still trying. We're trying too hard. Well, and that's the thing. Like he was going through like this adaptive phase, like mechanical animals, and then it just stopped. And he tried to make Antichrist. For like the next fourteen albums after that, uh, the what's the one that came out after Hollywood? Uh, which I liked was also it a really lot. Good I liked it a lot because uh, it was like Antichrist two point yeah. and I was like, all right, cool. And then he never changed. Is that when he got that. John five? Uh huh. I think so. Yeah. And then John five left after like four albums. Who is John five from? That name sounds real familiar. He was from Nine Inch Nails. That's uh-huh. right. That's right. Okay. I was not a big Marilyn Manson fan, but I remember that name. I was into man again because I'm sure part of the appeal of Kiss is like it's it's what society tells you is bad and it's like well f- I'm gonna check this out because you're saying it's bad so what what is really going on here and then you listen to it and it's like all right this is Kiss is way more about just having fun. I'll tell you how late mine was was mine was System of Down is but, how late like the rebellious phase hit me. Yeah, where it's like oh yeah, this music's changing my mind. And I don't think anybody ever really had a bad. Like thing to say about System of a Down. Everybody generally liked them. There was never. I was a little late to the game there too. I didn't want to like them. Yeah. And then, 
I didn't want to like them. I don't well, know. I felt like they were part of this like new metal oh. thing that I didn't want to. I didn't want to acknowledge. And then a friend of mine was like, "Just listen to Toxicity." Yep. And I did, and I was like, "Whoops, Toxicity." Where have I those, been? Like, perfect album. And now it's like in my top twenty. Like yeah. ever those full first three records first from three them are perfect. Just yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. yeah Self-titled yeah. Toxicity and uh, Steal this album. Steal. Yeah. Fucking just great. I even like hypnotize and mesmerize. I, I do too. They're good. They're I do just too. Not. The classics. I feel like they have a lot less to say. There's a little bit more cheese element in those. Yeah, but I think. fucking great. Like some yeah. of the best. I think it's also they've made because Darren took over a lot more writing yeah. than Serge did. Yeah, and yeah. you can really kind of tell. Yeah, yeah. Serge Tonkin's out for a solo album. Also fucking fantastic. It's really good. Love it. I love, I love it. his solo. Song. I love it too. Much more than uh, Scars on Broadway and Malakian's band. Not not as crazy about that. Is so. this, this the most recent one Scars on Broadway? I think so. I think it's okay. I think it's good, but I I'm listening to it as if Systems playing the whole thing. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. like I'm reimagining it as it's happening. I want to say the the thing about Kiss the impact that it made on me was like, I was a little terrified because okay. there are, there are like these Subversive photos, there's photos yeah. in, 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 in alive and alive too, where especially Gene Simmons is just terrifying looking and he's, he's sweaty and covered in blood. And I was scared. And I think that that was like really intriguing. And so, sure. you know, before I, before you know it, I've, I've got, cardboard cut out guitars in the basement listening to you know kiss alive 2 on my uh disco ball record player with the lights <laughs> out that shows like a disco lights on the ceiling nice. right yeah and like of course there was plenty of moments where my mom would like open the basement door and yell turn that down nice turn that <laughs> off and i was like i knew right then there's this was something i should Again, keep going with <laughs> very similar i, I remember like growing up being a little scared of like manson and like nine inch nails because yeah. like i grew up in a it, super right? religious household and like yep. these guys are saying shit that like whoa is way out there from like the norm that i've ever heard growing up and it was like it was a terrifying thought to like really but it, it really opens you up and like brings you around to a lot of things and i think kiss did that for a lot of fucking people yeah and but I think what's funny too is the music is not very heavy no. and i think that what a lot yeah. of people thought or maybe still even think is that it's like metal. Yeah. And it's, it's not. It's, it's some of their songs, some of their songs even sound country. Like they have yeah. a soft side and, and like Beth, they're, Beth is a fucking ballad. Oh, up yeah. There with, uh, Every Rose by Axel. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so poison. cheesy. Best I poison. love Beth, yeah. but yeah. it's so fucking cheesy. Yeah. It is. It's true. Everybody loves Beth when they play Beth though. It's great, but it it's is great. not it's, metal. It is as far as, like, that heavy image that they put out. Them spitting blood and flames in the crowd. And then right. they, yeah. and and then then they, they play Beth. Beth. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it, it is a disconnect, you know? It's interesting. James, have you ever painted your face <laughs> yes. as a member of KISS? You have. Yes, I have. Who? I want to guess Gene. You're correct. You did the demon. Whoa. You're correct. Very nice. Okay. Yeah. okay. Was it for Halloween or just... It was for Halloween. Okay. It was, um, you? actually, it was, it's been on multiple occasions. I would imagine. Um, I was 12, 22, uh, 35. <laughs> uh, so the band I mentioned earlier that I played in for a long time, um, we would do a Halloween show, uh, actually here in Bloomington, a big, um, we call it the Monsters Ball, and mm -hmm. it was a big, a big event. I've seen the posters at and, our practice place. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, and I would paint my face, uh, everybody would paint their faces, but not as Kiss, but I would, you know. 
uh, do Gene Simmons. Um, and that's, you know, I was in my twenties and maybe even my thirties. I don't know. Okay. Um, but, uh, maybe I should redo that as ace this time, this next time, I think. I mean, if I could do Gene do it and not next Peter day. Chris. Do it in the next saying we've got a banner image. <laughs> I mean, we got an episode. Header. We're not going to use any still from the movie. We're just going to use your face because you have to admit the jeans is probably the best looking. I like yes. face paint. Right? I like Whoever them all the except one, for Peter Chris. So bad. That's Peter Chris. So That's the, the only one I've never liked. And his. Uh, so if you look at the um, their faces on the cover of the first album. Uh, what what it evolved into each one of them is a little bit different. Yeah, um, yeah. Because um, Ace is the only one he's got the silver. Yeah, he's which the is space cool. Man. He's the yeah. Star Child. No, no. Paul's the Paul's Star Child because he's got the star. Yeah, and, uh, and Ace is the is Space Man. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then Peter is, is it just the cat? Yep, he's okay. the cat. Mm-hmm. Okay, but and Gene's the demon. The demon. That's. So who do you think? I mean, it's obviously Gene, but who who has the biggest impact from Kiss? Gene, who has or Ace? the biggest tongue? Well, that's Gene. <laughs> real quick, go. What would be funny to find out is that like you it's know all Chris. these all he these years, real quiet. <laughs> yeah, it's like nobody wants to ever see my tongue. <laughs> what? <laughs> that's cool too. And it, again, when we get into movie talk, we'll bring it up. But like, that's another thing about Kiss is that they have all these myths about them from behind the scenes like oh my gosh yeah gene has yeah. the cow tongue no i think he just had the bottom part oh marilyn manson had his bottom <laughs> ribs cut off so he oh, could yeah. suck his own dick yeah. yeah it's all these things that like aren't true but like you mean paul from wonder years <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> all this shit that like people that think, was the rumor that's marilyn manson yeah. that was for a while yeah, it was. Yeah. oh that's fantastic yeah, that's I love a good that. one man god that's absurd perfect. absurd it, it, it's it's one of those rare things that like very few bands could even hope to achieve to have these fake myths brought up about them but i think these super theatrical bands they they almost thrive on it like well yeah. it's because they're a show yeah and you like, will eventually grow tired of a song if you hear it too much a show something theatrical like an experience that's going to be fun and fresh yeah. every time and i think kiss always did that and that that's that's conveyed here i think in the movie it, it's all about the experience. I think uh, even in the earlier days, like there was a lot of times, like they would almost go broke, like setting up the live true. shows, yeah. just wow. to make it like things that people would remember. So I have this, uh, I have the all those DVDs, the whole box sets of all their performances and all these things. And my favorite one, of course, is the very first one, the very first disc. It's in it black and white. The, it goes all the way back to their first few shows, even before they were called Kiss. They were Wicked Lester, and they spent all the money they had. Just to make like one explosion, yeah. (laughs) Like they went all out, and like they were like dead set on becoming like the biggest band in the world, and like we'll do whatever it takes. And obviously, it paid off. I mean, they're marketing geniuses, and you know, it got to the point where it became more about uh, the fun and the and and the goods, and you know, the kiss toilet paper and everything versus coffin. There's a kiss coffin. I you know. You can be buried in a kiss yeah. coffin. I mean, are they the musical equivalent of Star Wars? Because Star so, Wars yeah. is nothing but like we're going to do this marketing. For yeah. It's all in the marketing. Yeah. Marketing. It's also very similar to uh, to relate it more to something you would probably understand, like Metalocalypse. Like how are they like Metalocalypse? Because like just everything, everybody buys the kiss shit. It's all 
Kisses, you can get a death clock everything. You can get kiss oh, really? everything. Can like, you? Okay. Yeah. They, their marketing stuff is like that. Oh, man. Deep. Yeah, like he said, there's toilet paper. There's a fucking coffin. You know, they even had the uh, the, um, the football team. They, they had, had a football team? Um, I'm not well, even on what, what was the, the, the indoor... Um, they had an arena football team? Arena football. Oh, the XFL. Um, the XFL. They had no an way. XFL team. Really? Yes. I did yes. not know that. Did they have a mascot? XFL's done, isn't it? It's gone. But it's coming back. It's coming back? It is, is it coming really? back. Yeah. Why? Because, man, competition makes money, and it's been long enough that they're yeah. trying it again. Okay. People love the NFL. People love... You know why we haven't tried it in a while? Uh... Combat to the death. <laughs> we should we should start doing that again. I Thunderdome. Can of, I can think of a few. Yeah, two men enter, one man yeah. leave. Uh, what else? like I don't know the marketing of Kiss. That, that's another thing that just sets it above this other level. Yeah, they had a fucking comic book that I think they're reading in this movie. But there was this whole big thing when they made this comic book that all four members went to like the printing factory and pricked their fingers and dripped that's their true. blood into it. That's true. And like the first issues of this Kiss comic book were printed with the blood with of the, the blood members of Kiss, of the, of the band. Yeah. All right. So that issue they're reading in the movie. Yeah. They re-released it, and I have that copy. I have that. The re-release. Uh, yeah. Not yeah. the one with the blood, but the re-release. Yeah, the re-release. It looks. It looks identical. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. To that. To that one. But yeah. But you don't. I, I got a word that comes to mind, and you can tell me I'm wrong. Gimmicky. Is sure. Kiss is Kiss a gimmicky band? Oh, for sure, absolutely, a hundred thousand percent. That's what this sounded like. Years. Like, <laughs> rush out real years quick, percent. get these first edition prints of this comic book sure. because our blood is in it. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. And there were people that fucking did that. There were well, people that in the seventies. You needed that kind of shit though yeah. to have fun. Yeah. And again, <laughs> it played it. into the mythos of the evilness of Kiss. Like they totally rolled into this image, and it was almost like free fucking marketing for them. All these people. They protesting are, them. Yeah, they are a brand. Like a it's powerful, a brand. It's a huge brand. brand. You're not totally a band, right. a brand. They are yeah, a rock a brand. brand. <laughs> it's that's true. Speaking of the comic books, I have a little bit of nerd trivia. Let's see if you know the, the answer to this question. What was the first comic that Kiss ever appeared in? Was it a Marvel comic? Yes. I think I think I know this, but I can't remember. I'm pretty sure it's Marvel. It's yes, it's my Marvel. Butt if I hear it. I think it's Marvel. Yeah, that's Marvel. Well, well I'll, I'll, I'll let yeah, you know tell us. out. Yeah. Howard the Duck. It is. Okay. It is Marvel. Yeah, that's that right. Marvel yeah. Too. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. yeah. And yeah, he does have a relationship with Kiss. Like, like they're, they're, they're linked. I yeah. remember because uh-huh. something else I was doing research on this and Howard the Duck came up and I was like, okay. And that's why. Because he, they appear in that comic, right? Right. That's mm-hmm. fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're part of not the Marvel universe, but like the off-world universe that kind of cohabits the same right. place. That Howard the Duck swamp thing and apparently Kiss all reside in. <laughs> swamp thing's in that? Yeah, but sometimes he comes huh. over. Wait. Swamp thing's Marvel. No, Swamp Thing is DC. Is I thought Swamp it's Thing was DC. Thing okay. That's right. That's Marvel. right. Man uh, Thing. It's Man Thing. The- okay. Because his comic was called Giant Sized Man Thing, which is like clearly like those old Disney days of putting like the dicks in the castles. Like, you know, somebody knew what they were doing. But Kiss. Giant Sized Man Thing. This movie. That's my nickname. Yeah. I think we should. That's start your nickname. Get into this movie. Nickname. I want to talk about this movie. I'm excited. I think what we should first do is, James, this, is, this movie obviously, I think, came, came about because of you. 
How did you they made this movie across? because of me? Well, I think so. Yeah, I that's think awesome. Edward Furlong. Was I didn't like, get Do you know about this James guy in the <laughs> Let me tell you. Uh, no, but I, th- this movie screams Kiss fan. This movie is for Kiss fans. The way only I was at the theater to see I- Idlewild by Outkast <laughs> because I was an Outkast fan. Nobody else showed up, but I was there. Really. I love that movie. I did too. Um, nobody else is in the theater. <laughs> I will say though that you know my my wife did tell me that she saw this movie when it came out, also, or I don't know if it was when it came out. Maybe not. That might have been an exaggeration. <laughs> but she's not movie, as but... not not a Kiss fan. She really liked it, yeah. and she did rewatch it with me the other night, and and she she really liked it. Awesome. Um, so my wife I, is on the same same I, set. She saw it when she was younger, loved it, did not like Kiss, saw it again with me this afternoon, loved it. Yeah, yeah. because it's it's an entertaining film. Yeah. It's cheesy. Uh-huh. It's got some good jokes. It's got some terrible jokes. It's got some decent acting and some bad acting. Yeah. And it's got Kiss references for the Kiss fans. Yeah. But if you don't know the references, it's still good. It works yeah. as a movie. Yeah. Uh, so I saw it's this movie. It's got a movie. lot of heart. Yeah. That's what I would say, too. Surprisingly, a lot of heart. I like, saw this you really flick, care about these loser like, characters. You <laughs> when it yeah. came out, yeah. I saw this in theaters. Did you guys both? I no. did. I saw it in the theater, yes. I saw it because at the time I was... So this was 99. I would have been a freshman in high school. And I remember okay. I was dating a junior. Big, big steps. Good. But well she done. worked. She I'm worked at the movie theater, <laughs> oh. and they got this was the movie one of them that they had, and she. I was really excited for this movie because I I did like Kiss. I had a life too at this point, and so she took me to like their employees only screening of this movie. Well, that's awesome. So I remember seeing this movie at like midnight. And I thought oh, this you movie like was badass. fucking awesome. Yeah. And the other fact I have about this movie is I I told you. This was the very first DVD oh, yeah. I ever I love bought. that. I love that. I, fu- I saw it at Walmart when it fucking came out, and I, I was like, I love this movie. It was the very first one I bought with my own money, and I still, I fucking love this movie, man. I think this movie holds up so goddamn well. Your DVD, yeah. speaking of that DVD, it's got a lot of great special features. Yeah, it's back when they it. put those things on DVDs. Yeah. Dude, I was noticing that, and you brought the, the VHS. I, I have the VHS. And the, and the and soundtrack. And the, soundtrack. See, the soundtrack. And I was opening up, god damn, I love those soundtrack book. Oh, it's like I the know, right? The design and the art Well, see, there. like, you, and I brought this, this, you know, to have in front of me for kind of inspiration to kind of remind myself of the characters. and Because the CD, this format... It's, com- it's called a com- it's a compact disc. Um, <laughs> These kids might not know about this today. But like, yeah, they the the whole like layout is like all images from the movie. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, but I like that that's set up like a Kiss Alive album yeah, over there. That's totally. really fucking cool. Totally. It's a smart yeah. nod in reference, yeah. and it opens up. Yeah, it's got a totally nice does. spread, great art. Look at those and then crisp with, fonts. Ah, I with love them, the design. The mystery, with mystery I playing in the in the middle there. Um, they're horrible, and they're talking about, you know, well, what if we get to open up for Kiss? They that got a lot is, of work to do. Mystery has got a lot of work to they do. do. I mean, they, you got to admit. That is one of my favorite parts of this movie. Much like uh, ha- you saw John Wick 3. Uh-huh. Have you seen John Wick 3? Not yet. Not to spoil anything. Oh, there's no. a very small scene where somebody shoots at John Wick when he's underwater, and as soon as the bullets hit the water, they curve and don't go anywhere. And it's so true to how it would be. Them singing in the band as kids, like growing up, 
every fucking Hollywood movie has them sounding great or exactly like it is. Oh yeah, where they cover, and they're terrible. They're bad, and it's I awesome. love it. I also I like agree with you when they're good. in the That's car and they they are hyped like, oh man, what if we open for Kiss? Because yeah. as a fucking it's music so dork that grew up playing music, like I remember having those conversations with my buddies and my bandmates, like. Dude, what if we open for him? That's uh, like, awesome. Could you believe it? It's all that shit. They're man. so it excited is so and, it's, fucking, and yeah. it's cute, and because yeah. like they're just so stoked on their band and like what they're doing, and they're and, so like, shitty, and they're terrible. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> it's perfect. It makes oh. so much sense. Oh man! So I all right, Ryan. Let's open this movie up. All right, start us from the start. From the start is Lin Che, I think, uh, is a mother yep. who I imagine just came home from work, is trying to relax. She has on a bunch of white clothes, white things. There's so much white in what the I scene. Love and she has a wine glass, glass of red. That is filled to the brim. <laughs> and she's so like filled. sipping it on the way down the stairs so it doesn't fucking spill. Can we? What's the opposite of a red herring? Which is like, oh, you think it's gonna happen and it doesn't, but like this is so clearly like <laughs> she's gonna spill that wine on herself and all that white shit, <laughs> and it does happen. You know it's happening. But Good point. What were you gonna? Well, I was gonna say, can we can we just comment on who she is and talk just for a Lynch minute Shea. about how amazing she is? She is, and this was my uh, first exposure to her. She's Richard yeah. Jenkins level character actor. Yes, she's fantastic. She always shows up and disappears into whatever role she is, be it something about Mary, be it The Conjuring shit, or Insidious, whatever yeah. those horror movies are. There's she's something about Mary. Great. She's probably most known Magda. now yeah. as that. Sure. And, as uh, the or, or wait, the Kingpin, too. With Kingpin. The, I think that's <laughs> really the... really knocked loose, Tiger. I think that's the... Yes. <laughs> That's the one. Yeah. That's, that's my favorite, you know? And then, yeah, and then something about Mary with her, all of her um, tanning. She's super tanned. And, and all wrinkled. The, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So wrinkled. and But, yeah, anyway, so really you continue. Great. I just wanted to acknowledge how, how, how awesome she is. She's fucking amazing. And, she, again, she fucking crushes it in this role. This is, I like, would, yeah. this is what I always, when I see her, I'm always like, this oh, it's the mom from Detroit to. Rock City. Oh, nice. Yeah. nice. Every time. Because this is like my first real exposure to her. Mine was there's something about Mary. She's got. Those, she's also made. She got that titties. perfect seventies. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's flag. right. That yeah. is now wherever I see her, like immediately I get those, you see those the, pancake uh, titties in my mind. I love. Like, she's got the perfectly coiffed seventies hair. She does. Yeah, oh, it's like that Farrah Fawcett do, but yeah. on on a suburban mom. That's just. Yeah. God damn it's it, true. man! This movie nails so many fucking things. So she sits down. Yeah. With the glass. She's listening. She wants to listen to a nice Carpenters album. As we all do. <laughs> After work, you know, want to relax with some Carpenters. Record scratch. <laughs> it's not the Carpenters. It's fucking Kiss. And she spills her wine everywhere. And it's like, oh, she doesn't know how to turn off the record player. So she starts just slamming things. And it's really just ramped up physical humor, but like done well. Yeah. We it's just not got over done the top. With don't be a menace, which I don't think handles the physical humor well. I think it's juvenile and scattershot. This movie is like pinpoint, like they know what they're doing. And I figured it out this time. Because my history with this is I saw this movie for the first time like two or three years ago. And I was lukewarm about it at best. I was like, that, that was a movie. That happened. Yeah, I guess it would have been better if I saw it as a kid. And then I saw it again today for the podcast, and I fell in love with it. Oh, good. And I think the trick was, I was like, 
oh, what they're doing, they're shooting an 80s music video. Like, this is what you would see in a Kiss music video or a Twisted Sister music video. Oh, like, good point, These yeah. ramped up parents, like, shaking their fists at the kids and, like, the the ramped up preacher what to 11. Gonna it's like, we're going to drug life. the preacher. Like, <laughs> this is what would happen in the three to four minute span of one of You're these right, music yeah. videos. And it, like, it's, the, the tone finally clicked with me and I loved it for that. Awesome. But, like, this, this opening bit is, like, 100% like a Twisted Sister sketch. You're right. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Two questions. Yes. What was the song that was playing when that Ooh. record came on? I don't know this because I'm not as deep of a Was it Love Gun? No. No. no okay. I believe it's on that album, though. Then I don't know. I Stole Your Love. Oh, okay. Okay. Number two. Why in the hell did Jam put that in the Carpenter's sleeve when he his you mom was an active listener? You do have to wonder that because yeah, he <laughs> would know. He would have to know his mom would go for the Carpenter's record. You he would put it in the ones that, the reefer. That's what I have to assume. He's just a, an idiot so, stoner kid. He wasn't paying attention. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. He also carelessly leaves a jacket. So this is a pattern of behavior. This character is pretty careless. He is a Jam, a naive dumb kid. Who I, I do want to point out is the the diet Paul Dano. Yes, that's a good observation. Yeah. Yeah, he is. Poor man's Paul Dano. Yeah. I mean... Sam Huntington. Is the is the guy's yeah. name. Who's been in a lot... He was also in the Tim Allen movie Far From Home. Oh, my gosh. He was the kid... No, it was Jungle to Jungle. Jungle to Jungle. He that's was right. the kid that Tim Allen he comes to the jungle from the jungle. And then comes to New York City, which is the new jungle. The whitest blonde-haired kid. It's from the jungle, yeah. from the jungle, by the way. That's well, how little faith Hollywood had in the concept of Tim Allen. It's be, he didn't adopt him. colored skin <laughs> his, kid. He got his Horrible. wife pregnant, who then moved to the jungle and like was oh. a missionary worker. And she has the kid. And he grows up there. And that's why he goes to live with Tim Allen, because she's like, you got to go see your dad. <laughs> I've not seen Jungle to Jungle. Oh, I just man. made wild assumptions. <laughs> that's tough. You know what's hilarious? My, my wife, Jess, pointed out that he looks j- just like the girl from Stranger Things. Oh, I can see that. Absolutely, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Especially the, when she's the wearing the wig. As a, to like, yeah. When she's wearing the wig. To blend just, in. Yep, the yeah. blonde wig. Yeah. Wow. So the rest of the film, I'm just looking at him like, she's right. Oh, she's right. <laughs> His nose just starts bleeding. <laughs> he gets the tickets through. Uh-huh. So, I don't know, man. There's so many things to talk about in this fucking movie. Let's talk about the characters. Okay, yeah. And we'll just break it down character to character basis. Because unlike many of the other movies we've, car- we've talked about for Soder Movie September, I think this one does well with the characters. They all have good, clear, defined character arcs. They go somewhere. Every character goes through, like a change or growth through this movie and somehow. So let's break it down. That's true. Who, James, who would you consider is the lead character of the group of the four boys? I think it's definitely uh, Hawk. It's Eddie Furlong's character. You think he is the lead character? I think so. Yeah. I would argue it. It is uh, Sam Huntington, baby you face would, yeah? eleven. I think it's Jam as well, <laughs> baby face eleven. But I think Hawk is a, is a big major supporting character, m- way more than the other two. I think it's uh, yeah. I I think it's an argument between the two. I, and I think that's, and I that's mostly because, because Ed, we've got Edward Furlong, so let's fucking use Edward Furlong. I think he's that that's famous, why yeah. you know, and I think that even on the back of the the description of the films, that it it does say like join. Hawk Edward Furlong, along with his other friends. Oh. So I think that like it, they they kind of like 
<laughs> put you. it out there like he's the lead. Sure. But I I think now that you've you've said that, I think I do agree with because you because it's, it's all about like we, the there's a little more of a coming of age with Beth this other character with and, yeah. Beth and the and, and the, kiss uh, reference. Yeah. Ding. Yeah. Uh, I want to do a ding every time there's a kiss reference. Here's an analogy for you. Detroit Rock City is to Pirates of the Caribbean in that Edward Furlong is the Jack Sparrow character. Okay, sure. Whereas he is not the lead, but but he's the one who you're attracted to. Sure. He's your into the movie. He's the one you're attracted to anytime. Right? I mean, you're attracted to him. And you question your sexuality and you're like, yeah, no, am I straight? I don't know. (laughs) Johnny Depp's not a guy. Eddie Furlong, though. I mean, dubs. He did yeah. do an amazing striptease in the film. After the comically over the top puke it. scene, the, the un, uh, I, I, I don't even know. I'm speechless scene. on the, the the puke scene because <laughs> it it was perfect. Yeah, it, it, it and it could even it, it could have gone on longer. It's it was, one of those The Office. It's like that uncomfortable tension. Like that whole strip club scene is just like one slow build of like tension, and we're gonna keep turning well, sure. this through like now he's getting drunk and now there's this lady propositioning him and then this bartender's really pushing him well we yeah a stage fright and, we're just gonna keep twisting this and there's a bunch of old ladies watching a high school boy take his clothes off in 1978 in 1978 i really love the, the fact it's it's topped off when he just casually takes it and puts it on the drink service tray to like take yeah. away and he's like oh, oh i love that yeah, here's a pitcher full of puke. It's so Just, fucking... Uh. <laughs> so, so these dudes, it's four dudes. All right, so we've talked about two. Yes. So far. Ed Furlong's character is Sam Huntington's. The other two, that's, I don't know the that's actor's name. Jam names. and Hawk. Hawk. And, and then we've got we've got Lex and Trip. and we've got Trip Trip. Good yeah. on you. I've got Stoner and Forgettable Nothing. So voice. so so Stoner. <laughs> So I have a hard time in the film with with uh, Trip because he's such the stupid stoner. Yeah, and right. just was that actor? Is he in Cabin Fever? He is, is the same guy. He is the same guy. Okay, okay. And pretty I, much I all so. he's done is Cabin oh, Fever no. and Detroit Rock City. So he's and he's like the stoner guy the whole yeah. time, like both films, right? Even so. when I was watching it this time with Mandy, she's like, "That dude's like 30. It's and a he's little, in high right? school. Yeah. Okay. Okay. He's the one that like does kind of stick cool. out. Yeah. And he is like he is so closely modeled to Jay and like yes. uh, dress wear. From Jay and Silent Bob. Right? Like Absolutely. that is yeah. totally Jay. Mm-hmm. He's got but the long hair and the beanie. What was your issue with him? You weren't connecting with him just because of It was too much. Too much? It was okay. too much. It was too much. As you know, as a, you know, He's quote unquote the former worst actor stoner oh, or being friends with stoners. So. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't think he's the worst. I think the I, other I agree. One I agree is, with you. I think he's a horrible actor. You that, agree with me or you agree with I, I, I agree with you that yeah. he is I the, think worst he's the worst actor. I think that guy plays his the part one who, well. Who saves Natasha Leone yeah. later in the movie, I think is Lex? real bad acting wise. And his mm-hmm. character is given nothing to do. Which is why he gets like the weird wacky subplot of like, and I think that's when I lose him. Like the the topless party, and then he's in the he's trained dogs over that whole thing. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's so fucking weird. They're like, we know this character has no arc, personality, or anything. We'll make up for it with tits and weird dog shit and like crazy humor. Whereas, like, also maybe a lesbian mom. 
it's okay, weird. Okay, like, they so, really had no idea what to do with this character. All right, so... <laughs> and what's his mom do for a living? She's a female gynecologist. Yes. Uh-huh. And if it wasn't for him, then they wouldn't have had a car. Yeah. Yeah. The right? Volvo. The, the which, Volvo. And I do like is, the fact that... It's perfect that it's the Volvo. When it gets right. stolen... Edward Furlong character, he's like, dude, we're in Detroit. Do you think the cops are going to give a fuck about a Volvo? That's a hysterical joke. That's fucking, and that's That's, true. That's a good, right. That's so fucking true. (laughs) That's a great joke. And then his reaction immediately after, Lex, right? Yeah. Yeah. His reaction of like, oh, he's panicking, he's panicking, and Edward Furlong's like, just relax. It's going to be fine. You're going to get in trouble, whatever. He's like, oh, you're right. Like, I'm probably just going to be like grounded for a year. (laughs) I get it. It's not that big of a deal. Oh my god, I'm fucking <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, he yeah. just loses it immediately, and like I feel like I've been in that. Exact See, and that's why oh, sure. I like him oh, way yeah. more than Trip because yeah. Trip is that's just the only scene ah. I felt like a kinship with him. Maybe that's why Otherwise, I relate to him more. I, I think but... he's kind of bland. He doesn't have a lot going for him, and that's why I think maybe he still also kind of works better than Trip because when Trip like Trip is always there, and <sighs> you're always is. like, God damn it. Like shut the fuck up for maybe there, two minutes. There is some trip has some pretty bad acting in the car. Yes. Um, what scenes right, specifically? Because so, I think but, I agree. But but, <laughs> but up up to the best quote in the entire film, in my opinion. I have I, a few, I know exactly what you're you know where about. I'm going. I want to give you. Please drop it on us, James. <laughs> it's when they are driving and uh-huh. Natasha Leone is walking on the side of the road, and they talk Dude, about picking her up. Horror movies start that way, man. <laughs> And also pornos. <laughs> <laughs> but they make porno movies and start like that, too. Yes, that is, like, the best line. Oh, man, that's, that's the good best line. line. And and you know what? But I've heard that. People have quoted that really? so many times yeah. over the years. Sure. And without ever even realizing where it's from. That one sticks out for right? sure. Yeah. I've yeah. heard people quote it as well, like, yeah. yo, man, they make porno movies that start that way, too, man. <laughs> but he, uh, he reminds me a lot of... Um, in Days and Confused, there's yep. a there's an actor that's really bad that has some of his most of the acting in Days and Confused is fantastic, Except and it's for, a uh, very quotable movie. The guy with and the it's eyebrows. him, and it's exactly who you are <laughs> the, mimicking the young right now. Brother. The young kid, the yeah. brother, yeah. yeah, who grabs his nose twenty two times in the movie. Yeah, oh, I'm yeah. with you that I I hate oh, that man, actor. I, oh, I hate that guy. <sighs> yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's him. Like I feel like there's oh. just. But it doesn't matter. No, it, it see, really doesn't I, matter. Yeah, I didn't get that from him this time, but I can I can see that. Yeah, yeah. But he's much more annoying with the I do, confused kid. What I do love about Trip too is that Trip is the the caveat for the whole trip, and also the fucking he ruined the whole trip because he fucked up so huge, and then he saved the fucking it's a day. Fucking yeah. character arc. Yeah, this is the first time we've had character arcs in Stoner Movie September this year. <laughs> like that's it's true. Fucking, I'm so glad. Yeah, I'm so glad. It works really fucking well. I think this is my only issue. This is one of the issues with Lex. I think he's one of the ones that doesn't get an arc. Yeah, I don't and think again, his is his him. is sort of tacked on at the end because they they're like, oh, he hasn't done anything. Yeah, let's have him save the Stella. They set up Edward Furlong and make out Natasha Leone. Right. Uh huh. They set up Sam Huntington and his weird mother stuff. So yep. like, he has the final confrontation with her, where he becomes a man and stands up. Finally, they have everybody laid out except for Lex. They don't yep. give Lex anything to do. It's uh, incredible because like they are so good with the other characters. And again, my yeah. thing that's mostly too because they have the four piece because it is they they also are just 
four dumb kids that are trying to mimic Kiss. Sure. And they, sure. they have this shitty band. And so that's, you know, that's why they're the four piece. It could have worked as a three piece, but I like that they have the four piece. Oh, it's fine. The four piece is fine. I just wish they gave Lex a little bit more to do. It's all. They give everybody else pretty clear arcs. Like even even Trip, who is the dub stoner joke, he has a clear arc where he fucks everything up. He's a constant fuck up. Right. He's constantly making the wrong decisions and he finally does something good. You know, and he, he saves the day. He's and what the I love, one who saves the fuck. Even day. when it even when he saves the day, he still gets fucked over cuz that's fucking real life, man. You yeah. do everything right, and life's still going to be like, no, nah, fuck you, Chongo's going to beat your ass. Yeah, but then they give it to him at the end, too. At the course. very, which very is, end, yeah. He, which you is know. why this movie, I think, works, too, because, like, you care about the characters, you want them to succeed. Like, I think we're, uh, Laura and I were talking about this movie, it's very heartfelt. It's like it the sure Goonies, is, man. like, there's a lot of heart, and you can tell whoever wrote this movie had a lot of love for Kiss, and a lot of love for his time as a child listening to Kiss. And the that, awkward that, this teenage movie, years. This is the movie of that. Like, this is the film version of his experience as a kid loving this dumb band. And it is beautiful. Yeah, yeah. And I, I can't believe it. you just compared it to Goonies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I also, uh, here's something. I like Goonies a lot less than I like this movie. I'm not a fan of Goonies. Really? Oh, wow. I think it has a lot of heart, but I, I also a... think it has a lot of heart. <laughs> put that on a poster <laughs> I have a pretty ridiculous Goonies tattoo do you? no no No, but I do love Goonies I've done this before I've talked shit to somebody who loved Iron Man they were like I've got an Iron Man tattoo on my ass cheek I was like no you fucking don't and then they showed me I was like oh wow I'm so sorry guy. sorry man I, I won't talk about Captain America ever again sorry I'm gonna walk away bye uh, so what about so I'll get into this more towards the end, but let's talk about the road trip aspect of this movie. Okay. So a lot of this takes place on the travel, and there is some strife that we come upon, primarily with these disco Guido jocks, which is a little weird. Guidos and Stellas. That they're yeah. in Cleveland, Ohio, because these guys are very obviously New Jersey stereotypes. But it's Do a you... disco reference. It's a, it's all about the disco. Yeah. So I'm wondering, like, are they actually from New Jersey, or are they, like, idiots from Ohio that are, like, oh. playing this up? Here's the thing. The movie doesn't care. No, it doesn't. That's true. They're it's just, just like, we've got to talk about Guidos and Cellas at some point, so we're going to just make their car show up on the highway. They do have a sweet car, The fact too. that we're talking about this right now, we're already overthinking everything, so... <laughs> sure. Uh, sure. Let's not... Let's not get out of hand with this one. They, I do... So... All right, so maybe I need to set up before this. So they have the pizza in the car, but they have the pizza because they use the pizza to bust jam out of Catholic school, boarding uh, what, school what, where he'd been I, sent. I was looking forward to talking about this scene. So let's talk about it. James, set this up, please. Tell us about the Catholic boarding school. Well, well, number one, it, it was just so easy for her to, to take jam to this boarding school uh-huh. and get him in so quickly. Right, and, and, just, and, and we're assuming that we're in like the and, middle of the school year, and, and I think we're also like in the evening, right? Because we're yeah. we're hours before the kiss show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So obviously they're open twenty four hours, and you know um, they're accepting new patients always. <laughs> True, but what I wanted to talk about it was just how ridiculous it is that the father McNulty, I yeah. believe that is the name, um, and then who, there's sister Gonorrhea. Well, well, that's hey, him on true. That's okay. true. So, yeah. so I think that's him goofing. Maybe that's okay. not her real name. While having 
his, you know, one-on-one with Jam, <laughs> his new, uh, um, pupil? Pupil, sure. sure. Uh, he orders a damn pizza? At, yeah. He orders a pizza. Well, yeah. Does that not seem odd? I it mean, does. it's a little strange. Again, it's a little too convenient. I think especially it's convenient, especially for them showing up. This at is the right same time as the driver. Eighties music videos, though, man. This and is like where I disagree a little bit. This is where I say it's right on the nose <laughs> for a stoner movie. And this is where I start my yeah. argument that oh. this movie is a stoner movie because things happen for the convenience of the plot. Yeah, but they propel it along. And I it, think this is you much don't a really... stoner movie as Harold and Kamara is. There's as much weed use in okay. it. Okay. like people I, doing it. I'm glad that you guys are talking about this because I wanted to ask both of you. Yeah. What is really the definition of a stoner movie? So this is something Is that... it a movie where there's a lot of pot smoking involved? Yes. Like literally? Or is it a movie that a lot of pot smokers like to watch? Here's... No, not the second one. I would argue, no, because you, you smoke and watch Rocky Horror, it is not a stoner movie. You, stone, you get stoned, you watch Star to Wars. Still. Stoners, it has nothing to do with weed Here, or here's the culture I, or okay, anything. Okay. Here's my argument for why this is a stoner movie. So it, it has a few things that I've noticed as we've done this fucking month for a few years on the podcast. Number one, everything takes place in one day. Yep. It's a big caveat that I've noticed oh. in a lot of stoner movies. Oh. Two, there's a big, big... At the most, one weekend. Sure, like, sure, It yeah. is very rare. But Harold like and Kumar, one day... Yeah. Uh, I that's a fantastic it. film, by the way. Yeah. but like, uh, I'm a know, huge fan. Yeah. Uh, so Dude, where's my car? That's one day. Oh, okay. uh, but there's also... There is pot usage frequently peppered throughout. It's not... Someone has a trip and sees something weird <laughs> or starts acting weird at some point. That has to be in your Soder movie. Yeah. You know, okay. and that's why like everybody wants him was on the line because I would argue like yep. where he gets into the Twilight Zones and taping Twilight Zones. I was like, that's a clear stoner conversation. It's not comp like over the top comedy, but like that's a stoner conversation. Everybody right. wants some that's it a weekend works. that that still works. Same thing, but yeah. days and confused. That's one day. Yep. That's that's the yep. last day of school. Whatever. Last so that's school. what I'm saying. Lebowski like this is like the span of maybe a week, and like that's the one that maybe breaks. I think that's still like a weekend. It's like a, a couple it's, days. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, but yeah. still. But yeah. So then there's that. Uh-huh. There, there's this clear like learning progression of the characters like they go through these trials which every single person in this movie goes through yeah they all have this huge test (laughs) that they all overcome and it's not that drugs are a central part but drugs are a part of it and especially weed uh trip especially is always rolling joints they use they use mushrooms which is weird because they never mention mushrooms at all in this movie except for when they magically have them for Good the, point. the preacher scene. But still, like... You gotta imagine people who are doing Wii and stuff at that time are also probably doing other things like mushrooms that they can get their hands on. You would have to imagine. Yeah. yeah. The so, easier well, they're going to the kids' concert. Day. You don't know what they were, you know, planning. Nowadays, it would just be meth and Tide Pods. <laughs> that would be a millennial <laughs> in City. I they'd fully, be going to the Jonas Brothers fully argue concert. I think this movie is absolutely a stoner movie. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Okay. Yeah. okay, good. Thank you. Well, going back into that scene and the mushrooms and Father McNulty eating pizza in front of his new people <laughs> and then commenting, wow, that was a stale mushroom. And then outside, uh, give him about... You know, ten to minutes to thirty minutes. What does he say? Till he's so, lit. Yeah, yeah, and then all of a sudden you hear, you hear, <laughs> and then he does say, which actually may be 
uh, one of the best lines of the whole movie. Uh, and I made a note of it, actually, because awesome. I, I thought, awesome. man, this is... Do you remember when? Well, but I, it's right, I think it's right before he he does say sister gonorrhea and he's laughing yeah. at her. Um, the prodigal son is a barrel of fucking monkey. Yeah, <laughs> right. You remember that? Uh huh. <laughs> That's a good line. It's man, Father McNulty. That's a, what is that dude from? He's been in a lot of freaks shit. and geeks. He's mm-hmm. the yes. dad from freaks and geeks. Okay. Yeah. Good show. This all did you? Uh, I don't know if there are names for it or whatever, but I know the who. Led Zeppelin, uh, many bands would put out these documentary slash concert videos, mm-hmm. and there'd be these 10 to 15, 20 minute opening interludes of just like shit. And Pink Floyd, I think, and Led Zeppelin specifically had a lot of anti church stuff. This is what this struck me as like one of those like things you would see right before you would see a concert for a band. Like they're talking oh, sure. about like Kiss and like the preacher's like, he is like so comedically yeah. bad and evil. Like he he like takes the tip out from the guy. Who's like, from I just the- assume it's it's for it's for, your your uh. tips donated to the Lord. Yeah, <laughs> thank you for your humble blessing. Thank you so much for giving that. Like it just assumes it, and it's told like he is the man. He is the dick. He is like the evil pagan right. corporation that yeah. the music talks about. I love I love all these like ramped up characters. Are you saying? This scene was too much for you. It was it was too over the top. It was too uh, convenient for our oh. heroes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, There's a lot of that, and I, I yeah. attributed that to like the music video thing of like. Again, we that's need where this I, image, I attributed more to the stoner off. movie. Like, oh, is it? They get out of it, dude. In fucking Harold and Kumar, they write a goddamn cheetah. Like, that's, well, that's a stoner movie. It's shit that makes no sense. But it's convenient to move things along. Uh-huh. And I uh-huh. think this oh, is another one of them. Sure. It's just like, oh, we need to do this. Oh, here's how we get jam out because mushrooms on the pizza. Get it? It's perfect. It's hilarious. Yeah, it's... It works perfectly. <laughs> yeah. All right. I think. I'm not saying it's bad. I'll it's say just... there's a lot of conveniences to like the, the dogs and Lex in the alley. Like how quickly the he gets the dogs to yeah. turn. Had we shown that like he had a dog and like maybe he was worked the with the dog it? whisperer, yeah. That would have like worked yeah. way better because it is very <laughs> out of left field. It is. Or, or if he would have been attacked r- hardcore and like bled a lot, that might have been cool. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever that basset hound was, he goes up and pets it oh, yeah. and like mm-hmm. shows the other dogs he's cool, so then they understand. Like there are many ways to do this. The movie doesn't care because it's not about that. Exactly. And I think there's a lot of cuts. Now I didn't watch the deleted scenes, and so maybe what those are, were there. Oh. I, we I don't oh, know. Did you watch the deleted scenes? The, the only deleted scene from Google, so I, I remember so is they fuck with Elvis a lot more. So yeah, let's oh. talk about Elvis. Let's character. talk about Elvis. Yeah. I think he's a great character. Yeah. He works really well in this movie. Uh, in the deleted scenes, you get a lot I feel more like, of him. You're not you? going to say the same. I feel like you I, do not uh, like Elvis. No, I I do like Elvis. I think okay. that Elvis's character is necessary. I think that um um every high school has this security guard or a kitchen uh, helper or you know hall monitor or whatever you want to call. Especially that, every '80s movie has this. And they yes yes yeah. that's true. So, you know, um, he contributed to, like, all the great chase scenes through the school with the kids, you know. Um, I'll put an asterisk in great chase scenes. <laughs> I, have, I have something to say about Tripp's acting in those chase scenes. That dude trips a lot. 
Unironically, I, he was I don't taking think his, his 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 character name too seriously. He did. Oh, but if you watch trip. him, like yeah. he is he is falling a lot for like running a straight path, like <laughs> down the class hallways, running like they well, pick him up and help stoned. him so much. He's falling. He, he, I feel like I've been under the influence of things and ran much better than he did. Well, that weed in '78 was a lot better. <laughs> That's what I heard from my dad. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he said that weed was grass shit. Did shit, not good. <laughs> no, I think that um, Elvis's character is uh, is necessary, and uh, oh, yeah. the, there's just that awful, awful, creepy scene in the cafeteria with the, with the, the cheerleaders. cheerleaders. Oh, he's just oh, so disgusting. So and you know, something like that. I think that just now, it being you know, uh, 2019, yeah. we are um, noticing things like that. Uh-huh. Um, it, uh, a little more sensitively than, yeah then yeah, yeah so that, that person he existed seemed, back then but he seems even more disgusting like oh that's just how oh, yeah. it is whatever yeah uh, for sure you can't deal with it yeah there's also like speaking of like 2019 and things like there is at one point natasha leone falling is asleep. it leone or is it leone leone something whatever I, no i i've always wondered that i honestly don't know i say leone i pronounce it silent but it could be like Either know. way, either way, I know who you're talking about. I don't have a preference either way. It's really weird because you've said Leone, you've said Leone. I've known both times who you're talking about. So I don't know. <laughs> That's it's all weird. That matters. The girl from But I'm a Cheerleader. Uh, oh, good reference. <laughs> yes, that's that's the, that's the that's deepest cut of I think all. That's your best movie. Oh, I love uh, it. Yeah, it's good. You could have gone American Pie. You could have gone Orange Is the New Black. But no, Birth. And Natasha uh, Leone from Antibird. What about know it. Bever- Slums of Beverly Hills? That, that's, that's my that's, that's a, my go to yeah. actually. Is Slums of Beverly Hills? That is the one. Yeah. High five because we all three fucking yeah, know that hell movie. Yeah. That's yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And then the newest thing she did it was fun. Did you guys watch that? Oh, uh, the, the, the Netflix uh, show, Russian Doll. Russian Doll. It's fantastic. Oh, it's really good. You can watch it in a weekend. Okay, it's fun. Because I, she was in Orange Is the New Black. No, she got her own Netflix deal. Russian Doll. Fucking good for you, girl. Doesn't have like three seasons. Too. I always loved her in American Pie too. She was great as the the straight character. She was in American Pie. Her character was always like my friends growing up. Like all my friends yeah. that were girls were Natasha Leone. Sure, sure. I I have always appreciated her kind of dry wit. But she's asleep in the back of the car. I don't think and she's in is... that movie at that point. I think I that's think somebody in a fucking wig. Double. I do too. Yeah, I think but they just got somebody to pretend to be asleep. I think is it Trip? Trip says something like, let's look up your skirt or something. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, that one doesn't fly today. Like, that's no, a little that's rough. not cool. <laughs> you just lost respect for Trip? No, well, that I mean, it is, it's of the time. That's and true. I don't know that's how exactly much I can say because, yeah. like, it is the time where, like, that was expected. And you could say faggot. And that was just like, and you could was. say faggot. And yeah. they were just like, boys will be boys. Like, that's just what they're doing. Yeah. Let them beat the shit out of each other or whatever because it makes them men. Whatever. Like, all that was there. Like, that is that time period. I'm not offended. But that is one thing I was like, yeah, that can apply nowadays. Like, you can't what? get away with that. He also <laughs> at one point says, so, like, you gonna suck our dicks or what? Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> a good one. That's a, a good example right there. One I, don't know. Oh, Lord. I love that she's like, what? she gives it back. Yeah, she fucking gives it back. And that's yeah. fucking awesome. Yeah. It's not just like, it diffuses oh. the scene and makes it not like, uh, oh, shit. John, not John Landis. Who's the guy who did Breakfast Club and all that stuff? Yeah, um, it's um, I I would have known except I've had fuck. 
two whiskeys and a beer. He did so, all those movies. Yeah. But uh, it's not like a pretty in pink. I'm or, thinking John Lithgow. It's, no, it's a John. It's a John. It is a John. Um, it's not Jonathan Brandis because he hung himself. Well, while he, James looks Hey-o. it up. I'm not he looking it up. All kinds I'm of trying to remember. <laughs> He's going to remember. But uh, he has like weird, creepy, rapey shit in his movies. And it feels weird and creepy and rapey nowadays. This didn't feel like that, but it did have like well, my he also did 2019 since tingling of like, oh, yep, can't do that. But like, I remember it's John Hughes. John, John Hughes. Hughes. He also did Pretty in Pink. That's which, it. Yes, yes. It's That's another movie that we one. talked about, which was very uncomfortable sexually, and yep. they also used yep. faggot as an insult a whole lot. And you're like, yep. ooh, but yeah. whereas this movie was shot in candles. like 1999, at least. Pretty in Pink and Sixteen Candles, they were shot in the 80s. Like <laughs> I would argue that they're trying to replicate yeah, that true. late Good. 70s, early 80s feel. And, and it, like, it yeah. totally that, works. That, that F-bomb yeah. being dropped so much in this movie is like, it, it's needed for the the accuracy. Like, again, and this feels like Richard Linklater. It is as, a literal memory put on As film. weird as it feels to say, I like that not just the bully asshole characters use it. Because at one point later, uh, Hawk says it. He's yeah. like... Quit being such a fag, man. Yeah. yeah. And like, because again, that was just the way that people talked well, in this time period. That word was not used in Days and Confused, was it? Yep. I don't it was? Know. Was it? I don't, I don't think and so. And that was 76. That I don't was, remember. That it. year. I don't know. Not being used. It doesn't stick out like it did in 16 Candles it's in this movie. Big. Yeah. So, I would say probably not. It's not used because I would have remembered it. It's not necessary. Well, it's, it's, not just, it's one that, like, again, it's not be, necessary, looking but through the lens up. of current year, like, it sticks out when you hear That's it my now. mom would say. That language was not necessary in that film. <laughs> <laughs> they could have uh-huh. they could have done the, the same film, but not use those words, and it would have been, been fine. Hey, you guys are going to love the new It movie. Awesome. It Chapter 2 has a lot of that. That's great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, Stephen King has issues, you guys. Did you know this? <laughs> let's talk about when the four split apart. Okay. Yeah. This and then we'll, also we'll move into wrapping in almost up. Almost every stoner movie. Well, I do want to just rewind real quick Go ahead. And, and and talk about a couple of scenes that really bothered me. Oh shit. All right. And, and and that's when earlier when Jam has the ticket, he finds the tickets in the jacket and Mom is in the bedroom. There was way too many opportunities to be able to grab I those know, tickets. To grab right? those tickets. But I just he's like a it just bothered kid who does not want to defend like upset his mom or do anything. Okay. He's just trying to keep the peace. And then again, I totally agree with you though. And it's then like, again, later in the it. hallway at school, when she has the tickets and she's lighting them on fire, and his buddies are All around the corner, they could have just darted and grabbed those and grabbed tickets. those tickets, kick over the trash, the the, the ashtray. Whatever, because we've uh, shown they don't have a respect for authority, because they fuck over Elvis at every opportunity. Exactly, and these are the kiss tickets. Yeah, sure. these Come are fucking on. kiss tickets. That's ridiculous. That just always bothered me. But if if that wouldn't have, we wouldn't been have there, no movie. We, we wouldn't have a movie. Exactly. We wouldn't, we wouldn't have the moment that you were bringing up where they all have to split apart and like we'll reconvene here, and then they all go on their own adventure. Let's talk before we do Can get to the split point. Okay, you count yeah, a point, and then I have one point, and then we get to the split apart. I'll counterpoint that this movie doesn't care about narrative. <laughs> uh, this movie is nothing but like again, it's a stoner song movie. After song like yeah. it's supposed to just be fun, thrilling. And as much as like I am that guy that usually like analyzes and nitpicks, this movie is just concerned about having fun. Yeah, it's like it's it we point. need to get You're to right. the next song in the list, and we have to have You're fun. Right. Like 
there is half this movie is spoken and half of it is like a lot of unspoken scenes set to music. Yeah. Because this is about the feel. Let's the talk. Memory. This is the feel of this guy's childhood. Harold and Kumar has a very famous scene where Harold and Kumar are hiding out in a bathroom while two girls play battleships. Okay. This movie was before that, and it also has an attractive girl taking a big shit and getting scared in the bathroom. And Harold and Kumar did it much better. I, I, I don't know. I, I think disagree I, completely. I think I like it better in this movie because I it's do. quicker. And he says, and it gets out of the way. I would argue it's more innocent too. I've yeah, never heard like a girl how they they peek before. over the ledge and then they uh-huh. go back and they just start snickering and they're not. It never progresses more than There's, that. I've never they heard have, a girl drop yeah. ass before, yeah, yeah, yeah. man. That's it. And like it's it's kind of innocent. And, and then it goes like over the top when like learning. all the fucking wall, like the the it stalls is, yeah. fall down and the girls just screaming. Whereas Harold and Kumar, it's cheap shit. Yeah, Joe. it is. Let's <laughs> laugh because a woman's farting. For That's like, hilarious. Let's play this up for like five minutes. Whereas this, it's like a two-minute scene. And again, they really are focusing on the innocence of these boys. Like, oh, look, she's taking, right. she's taking a pee. Is, and then she farts and they're like, oh. It's a scene. And Lex even apologizes before he runs out. Yeah. Yeah. Because he, he's always like, oh, man, I used to have such a huge crush on her. Oh, yeah, and then they play true. it off and he's like, hey, man, I'm so sorry. Yeah. It's, it's a fucking great little. This <laughs> movie handles that scene in the best way it possibly could have. Yeah. I I don't know. I have I don't have I, I don't know. Have, I'm not saying it's a problem. I just like that. I that still have problems with right. this movie. And I really thought you can I relate. Would, you can I, relate to that one. You never been there? In the back. Come on. With a I mean, party. What you can relate to though is like as a kid or as a boy learning the first time, like, oh yeah, I love girls, but you no. also shit in our horrible, filthy people too. Yeah, we're and all like, disgusting I come criminals. To terms with that, like we all have that. So like you can see that in that scene, even though I've not been that, yeah. a peeping tom in a girls' room, and like yeah. then the bathroom explodes and the, everything. There's mess and chaos. And so let's talk about everybody the poops. Everybody, everybody poops. does ploop. Ploop. Everybody ploops too. Everybody ploops. Everybody poops. Everybody ploops. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> Bravo. Bro, here. End scene. That was, that was a slow clap. That was fucking very nice. Let's talk about Apparently, the split up. no matter how stuffed up I am, Michael Sipes can still hit. <laughs> it must so, be something about his nasaliness. At some well, point, he has allergies, too. <laughs> Trip, Trip has won tickets to the Kiss concert, which sets off this, this road trip to Detroit. These yeah. Are, so these guys are in Cleveland, Ohio, and they're going to drive to Detroit, Michigan, which I would assume is like a six yeah. to eight hour drive. Uh, yeah. Let's say around there. Uh-huh. Us to Detroit's uh, only four. Us to Detroit is six. From Bloomington. That, I think it's less than that. It's it's five. I think hey, it's five to six. Less? I can do it in three and a half. Really? There yeah. you go. That's it. Well, well I got to be I've driven it. Who are like, oh, yeah, uh, from Indy to Chicago, yeah, it's about four hours. You know, I can do it in two hours. I drove one time. It was only like 140. Like, cool. 140. Cool fucking weird <laughs> Like, congrats. But no, so, <laughs> so they drive there, and then what is fucking great is that Trip has like, he's like, dude, I won the tickets. It's this radio concert. And they fucking drive there on this fucking, like. Because no one else called in. Yeah. During that entire time where he had to leave and go run to the Because again, it's 1978. We don't have cell phones. Yeah, yeah. He's fucking called this radio line. They answered right away. Yeah. 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 Uh And uh, so we get all the way to the radio, and the the DJ's like, oh, are you Trip? 
and then they play the phone call. Yeah. And Trip immediately after he wins, he hangs up, and the DJ's like, "Oh, dude, you didn't just hang up, did you?" And then all of his fucking friends hate him, understandably, and it causes this big rift. And everybody's like, "They finally accepted shit, man. We're not going to see Kiss." Mm-hmm. And then Hawk, the Edward Furlong character, he's like, "All right, man, let's meet back here at nine o'clock." And from that point on, it's every man for himself. So if you get tickets good for you but you're only looking out for you let's see what happens and they split up and so Just, i feel like you don't like that that he no i do wanted, love this he was like breaking up the band like no fuck well, all it's y'all the, the act two sad point yeah, that, it's, yeah. it's it's they where the characters up. have to come down yeah to get redeemed D, have a song about it and pick a destiny it is yeah. the the act two low <laughs> point where everybody has the breakup and uh-huh. the bad times. Yeah. so everybody has to go through and they have to evolve as a person and that's why when they come back they're all best friends again but yeah. well they do it in a way that's brilliant james what happens to hawk Explain what happens to Hawk. Edward Furlong. I can't remember right now. What, where does he go? Well, oh, he no, no, no. He, he meets the scalper. So he meets the scalper. Okay. The scalper suggests across the street there's a strip. Uh, a male strip club. A male club. strip club. And they you can win 100 bucks. Who is emceed and, by? Uh, Ron Jeremy. Ron Jeremy in a Ron cameo. Ron Jeremy in a cameo. Yeah. Who Who's gave? credited as Ron Jeremy something? He has a, he has a last name. Oh, really? I didn't. Yeah, I didn't pick I did. that up. I saw that in the credits. I just always know it's Ron. It's Jeremy. like Ron Jeremy Carter or some oh, crap. Okay, I don't know. Um, but I, yeah, so he quickly makes friends with the bartender who is um, offering. And I wonder, quite there, a bit of information. Is there a little like homosexual undertone there? Like, does he have? Yes. A, maybe. That's yeah. what I kind of thought too. Well, he's got the Chippendales outfit kind of yes, going on. He sure and, does. Yeah. Um and and convinces Hawk to uh, enter the contest. And he, he He's starts already pumping, thinking about it because he he, needs he starts money. pumping drinks into him, which is also yeah. coming from real life wife of Gene Simmons, Shannon Tweed. They're not actually married though. Are they? You know, did they break up? They never married. No, no, no. They never they married. married. They're basically like common law. Yeah. Okay, this yeah. is. The one thing my dad and I could bond on was Gene Simmons' family reality jewels. show. So I know all about oh, the yeah, relationship Sweet, yeah. from that. When but I used yeah. to be a lot skinnier, there was a couple of girls that told me I looked like his son. Oh, that's but sad. now I'm fat and plagiarist. it doesn't work. His oh son yeah, his is a son. Plagiarist. Yeah, drew a comic right book that totally t- took panels from other comics. Really? <laughs> he was a, oh, he, he got he got outed real bad for plagiarism. <laughs> Who hasn't done that? <laughs> Me, because <laughs> really, every why would you fucking try there, to do there's that? There's him, and there's also this one famous comic artist, but we'll talk about it off show. So Shannon Tweed, Shannon uh, Tweed, famous for Playboy, Playboy, yeah, uh, okay, been in a lot of films, mostly those late night films uh-huh. that would be on, you know, Showtime or Skinamax. Skinamax. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nobody calls uh, it Cinemax. I no, love it. Skinamax. Um, I've always been a fan of Shannon Tweed. I have too, um, and she's fucking great in this she's movie. She's cool. Yeah. She's always been cool. On Family Jewels, I thought she was cool. Um, she has to put up with a lot, obviously, being with yeah. Gene, Gene Simmons, Simmons. Yeah. common law wife. So Let's talk about the, this. Uh, she is potentially a uh, statutory rapist in because, this movie. Yeah. In this movie, absolutely. So, yes, in this movie. That's very, he's, again, he's in but high school. But she is, like, super likable and charismatic and charming <laughs> that you forget. Know, right? But, like, it is one of those things, like, in the back of my mind, she, she's the Mrs. Robinson that just fucked a kid. <laughs> uh-huh. right. This is not cool. Yeah. 
But I still really like her and Edward Furlong both. They did. They did it in the car. Uh huh. With, yeah. With, with Edward Furlong with his Gene Simmons underwear. With his Gene Simmons underwear. God damn it, man. These on the kids back, love it says, kiss. It says, what's it say on his butt? Kiss this. Um, yeah, yeah. And on the front, it's Gene Simmons' face it's with his, the tongue with his out. Tongue. Yeah. God damn it. I want those underwear. Now, do you think that that underwear existed in 78? Yes. I don't yes. think so. I think that this was something that came out for the show, for the movie. I think it was a newer product that was I added know. to. I totally want that in underwear, though. Well, I'll they tell were you boxers, this. Boxers too. So <laughs> they were boxers. Were, were boxers pretty prevalent? I would imagine most know. people That's wore tidy whiteies. Because I would, would be think a so too. That's what I would think. Yeah, that would I don't be think boxers giveaway. were a big thing yet. No. Yeah. So uh, I think you're right. I think you might have something here, <laughs> Ryan. Yo, tell us about Trip. What does Trip get into? <sighs> So Trip decides to steal tickets from a bunch of unsuspecting kids. <laughs> he tries twice. Who? Yeah, he tries. Uh, the one, the one pair of kids don't have tickets, but they have a Stretch Armstrong figure, which he steals. Of course. Anyway, just to show them respect. <laughs> because why not? They're little kids. Yeah. <laughs> then I love he goes that they into the store too. with the Stretch Armstrong figure, and he sees another kid. But this time, he learns his lesson because they have kiss makeup on. The other kids knew dick uh, all about Kiss. Yeah. yeah. So he shakes this kid up, playing pinball, messes his run up, upsets him, and he calls his brother Chongo to get oh, his man. tickets. Chongo! I fucking love it when he calls Chongo. I do too. He's like, oh, I'm so sorry, mister. <laughs> I don't have my tickets. My big brother has them. Let me get them for you. Oh, hey, Chongo! <laughs> And then Chongo is this massive fucking beast of a, a human being. And, and they dude. immediately start playing Godzilla. Yeah. It's so fucking good. Which is great because that's like they, they do the Blue, Blue Oyster Cult reference earlier uh-huh. on in the movie where they talk about how they open for Kiss. And then one, one year, year to later, the day. Yeah. yeah. Like that's a great turnaround. That's great. I love all that. And the then I love even here. still he's like, hey, don't try to run. Because Chongo's all state in all track athletes. It's yeah. ah, so, so Chongo, yeah, yeah. Ch- Chongo ends up shaking him down, but Trip is an idiot who has nothing to him, so agrees to pay him a certain amount of money in return for not beating him up because he does not like to be beat up. <laughs> Please, sir, don't beat me up. I'll do anything. I'll I'll do anything not to get a beating. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, they want two hundred bucks. They want two hundred bucks. Yeah. So Trip decides as he's conflicting himself, he gets like the devil angels on his shoulder, which are the other three boys telling him what to do. Uh, he decides he's going to rob the store. So he pulls down his mask, gets the stretch arm strong finger figure in pocket, ready to go like a gun. And somebody steps up in front of him as he's doing it to rob the bank with an actual gun. It's a big shotgun. Yeah. Trip ends up saving the day by getting into, like, a fight with the guy where he has the shotgun and he has the Stretch Armstrong figure. They're both pulling. He releases it in the slingshot effect. Of the Stretch the Armstrong. Yeah. He and knocks him out. Day. It's so it's fucking over the cartoon, top. Cartoon. Like, yeah. yeah. He, and like, flies into this display case and, oh, it's man. It's great. And they show it, like... They do like the the Asian honk or kung fu effect of like they show it ten times. <laughs> yeah, from, yeah, like, fourteen yeah. angles. Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's so over the top. But uh, he saves the day. He kisses the cashier, wins, wins, and gives the name. Who? Well, who are you? Who is my masked hero? Doctor Love, which is another kiss reference, right? Yep. They call me Doctor Love. Me Dr. 
You got a song. Yeah, it's a song. Yeah. It's fucking great. And then the the cashier decides to give him $150. That's right. <laughs> but it's not $200. You were doing, for those that don't realize that Kyle was doing air quotes, $150. Yeah, I, I was doing air quotes. There have been quotes. a lot of air quotes I've not been announced this episode. <laughs> uh, Sorry. <laughs> so he meets up with the, the bullies outside in the yeah. alley, Chungo and his younger brother and his friends, and... Gets punched in the gut because he couldn't come up with all the money. They take it all and his wallet. But the Stretch Armstrong breaks some of the punch. And he's like, at least I still have you, Stretch. And then the two kids he stole from earlier come back, steal it from him. He has nothing. His life is in shambles. He has failed. Yep. I guess we'll stop on him because now we got to talk about that uh, that no-named nothing person. Well, his uh, real weird quick, arc. though, is the one of the little kids famous... Is it? Because one of those little kids... He does look like Jonathan Lipnicki, but I don't think it is, is Jonathan Lipnicki. Is that what I'm thinking? I, I think you're thinking he of the kid have, like, from, the glasses, uh, yeah. from Stuart Little and... I think that's... Like I Mike? Think, I think you're the right. The Little Vampire? A Little uh, Vampire. Yeah, 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 I'm yeah. trying to think of the big one. That's the, you got, that's uh, it. Jerry Maguire. You got it. That's the what little, I was thinking. That's what I was thinking. It's not him. From Jerry Maguire. It looks like him. It does. Okay. But it's not him. Thank you for clarifying. But I don't want to talk about... Trip. I want to talk about Jam. I would like to talk about Jam. Who's going to talk about the other one? We we can all just nobody one. cares about him because his, <laughs> we, his we've already kind of gone yeah. over Lex and the, the Jam's cousin Eddie. He saves the girl. Yeah, there's uh, the dogs. a bit breaks as he's climbing in tits, and then he drops a drop. I mean, the dogs. The, the scene though with the dogs is cool. He it's was pretty badass. Cool. Uh, is... He does whistle, and the dogs come just tromping in. And then just yeah. take but, out then, the bad and then guys. And they attack that's, the guys at the fucking junkyard that they apparently still so work that's, at. That's so that's what. Yeah, I don't. That's a, it. Feels again. like it's straight out of like uh, uh, the oh shit, Adventures in Babysitting. Yeah, I it, felt it the same way. So Very Adventures in Babysitting. Hyper realistic, which is not a bad thing. But like everybody else is kind of like this is a real scenario, but like cranked up a little bit. His so, is just like way out there. Let's talk on about a real James. scenario. Jam. Who is on this scenario? He goes to try to leave, and who does he fucking see in Detroit? His fucking mother is running this mother's against. Yeah, so she went all the way to Detroit. The music of Kiss, Matt Mock. Yeah, she Matt went Mock, all- Matt she- Mock, which I tried to. Figure out is there some sort of reference here? But I, can't, I don't think so. I, I think it's just, it's just a a general it, like because all those were just silly. Yeah, you know. Uh, but of course he runs into his mother and she's screaming on the megaphone and he like recognizes that as he walks by and he turns to look at her and she recognizes him in the crowd and conveniently they're protesting on the steps of this Catholic church so she grabs him by the ear and pulls him in. But who's across the street and recognizes also that this is Jim? Oh my goodness, it's Beth. It's Beth, his girl crush. from high school that has a crush on him and he has a crush on her. And uh, so Beth also tells her parents... Like, Very hey, convenient for our hero. I know, right? Everybody's <laughs> in fucking Detroit from Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> right outside the Kiss concert. It's, <laughs> it's fucking amazing. Parking was easy. It's, again... <laughs> Perfect fucking stoner movie description because things just happen yeah. to happen. Yeah. It's it's beautiful because Beth decides that, like, hey, this is the last time I'm going to see this fucking guy. I got to make something happen here. 
and she goes into the confessional booth that he's in. Number two, uh, caveat, the preacher of this church is a huge pervert, which is... Oh, yeah, he likes to hear the stories about the confessions about... Um, finding your and, uh, the magazines under your dad's oh, bed. Oh yeah, what were they wearing? A negligee? Yeah, crotchless panties. Oh, like yeah, so descriptive. It's Weirdo. So, yeah. Uh, so him and he ends up losing his virginity to Beth in this confessional yeah. booth, and it it is this nice sweet moment, and I like that like that is the the losing of the virginity, but there's not much weight put into it beyond that. Like he's not. They don't fall in love. They recognize what it is for what it is. And, like, they totally get that they're just going to take it as a moment. And, I don't know, it, right. it's a really sweet thing. Like, it doesn't have... They don't immediately fall in love. Like, it is a great little shared moment, but... And he's like, I'm going to call you, Beth. But it's also kind of what young love is. Yeah. Nothing but it, it is fleeting. And it is usually as simple as like, hey, I like you. Do you like me? Oh, you're a girl who likes me? Yeah, I like you. And it is that quick sometimes. It is, oh, I've liked you for a year and a half. And I've had this stuff built up. And then, oh, yeah, no shit. Okay. Let's go with this. Yeah, I like this. Like, let's let's lose my virginity in this confessional booth. You're trying to figure shit out as everybody else is at that time. I... It's that, a, God damn it. It's a great little I think fucking a, moment. I love it. I, I think the, the calling her Beth is the most on the nose thing. And again, it's that kiss reference. Yeah. Because of course of her course. name is Beth. Of course. But I think she's great. And Melanie Liz. And what, what is, is another great thing is that actress to do it. Jam is the fucking drummer in the band. Yeah. And Beth is sung by Peter Chris, the drummer in Kiss. It's again. That's why I think this this guy, this guy who wrote this movie had the pieces. He was like, well, I'm going to have Again, a group I, of characters I say it's, who are it's more Gene Simmons that was like, oh, hey. Oh, you think so? Absolutely. You think Gene Simmons was so egotistical that he put all these references in? I yeah, think, I absolutely. don't know. I think it was somebody who was super into it. It, it. It's like if you, down the line, you became like a screenwriter and you're like, well, I'm going to make a Final Fantasy fucking movie or like a Metal Gear and I'm like really going to go on to it. Like, I'm going to do all these references and we're going to do these things. Like, that's what this movie feels like. It feels like somebody who is entrenched in It's a kid's fan fiction. It is. It is. And I think that's a a positive for it. I don't think it's a negative. Awesome. Man, what I love is that how, again... Going into this, I didn't think you would like this movie in the way that you had. I really thought I was going to like it a lot less the second time. Yeah. Because I was not over the moon with it. But it did. It did click. And it really cemented like, oh, this is the tone they're going for. And they are they are nailing this. And it is just something like I was not... I was not the person who grew up the Kiss fan. I didn't know about that. But like... I think you don't need to be like I can relate to in other ways. And like, I can see a lot of myself and a lot of things here. And like, there are ends, even though that obsession, that deep, deep obsession about kiss, like I'm not a kiss army fan. I'm not in the kiss army. You're not in the kiss army, but we can appreciate it for so many reasons. And like, we have that love for bands that all these characters sure, have for absolutely. Kiss. Absolutely. And that is It might not relatable. be Kiss, but you and I, yeah, yeah, we do have these bands that, like, we fucking attach to. And, As like, a kid, like you define yourself. Yeah. yeah. 
It's fucking amazing. Yeah. I love this shit. And that's what this movie is. It's a love letter to like that kind of like just unconditional love for a band and like what they stand for. And Absolutely. So why, like I will never shit on like Foo Fighters or Queens of the Stone Age or Outcast. Or even like, My Chemical Romance. Same. Yeah. Or like any of that These shit. These things that hit me and meant so much that you become so ingrained in the fandom and like for some reason whatever it is like their lyrics are just hitting you correctly and you identify and like you don't feel so fucking alone in this huge fucking empty world you latch on like and that's that that love that is this movie this movie is that put to to film and visual imagery so boys, i love it i've always been a, a, a appreciate people who nerd out about one thing in particular mm-hmm. yes. just one they have the one thing that they just absolutely obsess over love so yeah. I, I i i met a guy over the weekend i went to a wedding party and I met a guy who was maybe the world's biggest Scorpions fan. Goddamn, all right. We are Scorpions. like a horror king. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. Well, so he introduces himself and he says, I'm Dave. They call me Scorps. <laughs> so well, I didn't realize immediately what the reference was. And sure. Then start, and then so he eventually is like, so you like the Scorpions? <laughs> Uh, He's just one of those, waiting like, uh, to bring out no, scorpions. No, to but you. I can tell you do. Like much like uh, you know the uh, Adam Sandler and uh, Wedding Singer with yeah. the you like uh, flock of seagulls, right? No, but no. I can tell that you do. I totally yeah. know that you do. Yeah. yeah. But this guy just absolutely nerds out about he the knows scorpions. Everything about the scorpions, and okay. I appreciate that. Yeah, you too. I can totally dig that. I don't care what it's over if it's. What it's about, if it's a if it's a TV show or a movie or a band or like a writer or a video like, game, as a video these game, two dorks get into that's amazing. Yeah. Like you nerd yeah. out about, like you're passionate about something, and that's a big deal. You know that means that you're not boring. Yeah, which a lot of people have no real interest. You know, uh, they just are generic sports fans. As again, I was going to bring you know? it up. Where I, I am they a sports guy, but like I know people that like their entire life. Is the fucking Indianapolis Colts, and it's like, okay, man, but there are a lot of other cool things. That's true. Out there, like I like the Colts too, but I like all this other shit. There's a line because I'm with you to a point, but yeah, then you bleed into the people who never leave their state ever, who like right. get so ingrained yeah. in habit. Well, and I've talked about it. Like there is there's, a line where there's it people that I've met good, that like but... they fucking love Metallica, and then that's it. Like, they've yeah, never listened yeah. to anything else yeah, or anything harder. Right. And it's like, dude, that's a great starting point, And Metallica is awesome. But there's so much other shit. Like, it's, it's, good. it's said, a starting I point. I would yeah. fucking go out there. I would watch a documentary about that guy. Give, about that guy that's just super that into Metallica? Who has never listened to anything but Metallica? Yeah, I'd that watch that like documentary. I would watch it, too. Yeah, that's, okay. that's absolutely. That's interesting to me. My point here, though, is that at the time that Kiss exploded, all of a sudden, all these kids... And all these music fans, like, they all had something that they felt like they could be a part of. Yeah. And that's what's reflected in this film. Yeah. Is that these guys, Absolutely. they bond over this band. And it makes, and there's the Kiss, the references to the Kiss Army. Yeah. Like, you know, that's a part of, it's being a part of something bigger than just you and your buddies. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, when you go to that concert, we all love this one thing. And, like, we can all relate. And for this yeah. moment, for this two-hour concert... We are all in the same gang, and We're people all in the love group, that. Man. Yeah, yeah. I think that's it. I'd go further to say, additionally, these kids are misfits. These are the oh, yeah. losers, oh, sure. the weirdos, the skids. 
And that's what this music does. It connects all that's the losers, true. the weirdos, and the skids in so a way boys, like a lot of hobbies do. Boys, I want to wrap fantastic. this up, but I, I have the question. I, I've made my point, but I want to ask both of you sure. individually, first of all. And I'll start with our guest, James. James, is Detroit Rock City a stoner movie? Um... That's a uh, yes. Okay, I'm gonna say yes because, uh, well, going back to the question I asked earlier, you know, there, there's a lot of smoking pot in the movie, mm-hmm. and it's a movie I think I've watched while smoking pot, mm-hmm. and sure, um, sure. and you're it's a movie both, both bases, you're good, <laughs> and a movie that's uh, better when you're smoking pot uh-huh. and funnier, right? Uh-huh. Um, I don't know about that one. <laughs> no? I don't know about that. Really? I've not seen it smoking pot yet. Oh, okay. I, I have okay. it both times. I've been. Well, actually, I don't even know if I have. I'm just saying that. I I assume, I would imagine. It, I assume the first time I saw it because there's so much basis in the music, anyways, and it is like a music video, as you have said. I would imagine. Yeah, it'd be great. Yeah, any uh, kind of music stuff hits you. So, Ryan, same question to you: Is Detroit Rock City a stoner movie? I wouldn't have thought so before this recent review viewing i i kind of forgot how much kind of stoner culture is in this movie Uh uh-huh i completely forgot trip was a character in this movie and he is the (laughs) most stoner character Uh uh-huh like outside of like half baked or jay and silent bong trip even spills the bong on the bed he is pretty at the start yeah if days and confuses stoner movie this is a stoner movie in spades sure okay Uh, completely passes the bar hell yes i think why is days and confuse a stoner movie because there are soda, the Rory, yep. whatever, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Coltrane, Rory Coltrane's character. Mm-hmm. At one point, they, they are on the 50-yard line, and he says, marijuana on one, reefer yeah. on two, <laughs> yeah. hut, hut, hut. Yeah. There's like, a lot of, there, yeah, there's definitely yeah. a lot of pot in the movie. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm again, not arguing it, I just wondered yeah. why and, you would. And again, I, you want it some. takes place over mm-hmm. one day, that's a big thing I've noticed in a lot of stuff. That's movies. a good point, I like that. Yeah. I think you're right on with that. I, we've watched a whole fucking lot of them for like, this you, is the fourth year of this? You have to have a trip scene. I think yeah. you have to have a trip scene where somebody loses it yeah. somehow. It doesn't have to be like weird seeing colors and your animals are talking shit. I think what happens in this movie, perfectly fine. <laughs> I, uh, that Natasha Leone smokes so much so quick and just passes. And she gets a little contact buzz, starts scene. giggling, and she makes she's that like, re- funny comment. She's like, "Give me that shit. This is good." She makes, that's one of the yeah. most true, authentic, stoned acting scenes. Like Ice Cube smokes in Friday, and then sees like a decapitated head oh, yeah, in his yeah. cabinet, and like that never fucking happens. Yeah, like, it is. No, 100% she, she Natasha says something Leone. goofy. You laugh, you get goofy, you fall asleep. She's like, "That's I'm it. gonna cut your ass apart or something." So, yeah, it's something. Bend over. Bend over so you. Can see you want to see yeah. an ass bend over you're looking at it yeah bend over you're looking at mean? it yeah <laughs> and then i like that everybody like, questions what do you it, mean like, what, does that what are you mean? talking about it's yeah I, I wanted to i know you want to maybe wrap things up well, here okay. Go ahead. I, there's just one other thing that i really have to just get off my chest here and that's when um uh, who is it that's crawls through the fence and is all of a sudden with the uh crew that's that's uh, it's not a trip is it's it, uh it's not trip it's lex it's lex, lex. yeah yeah lex <laughs> how does he all of a sudden 
is carrying Peter Chris's kick drum. When they're supposed to be already set up. Like, <laughs> they're already set up for this fucking show. I know, I totally agree. That's, that's my biggest And they're problem. still moving, like, equipment that is, like, plugged in, and he drops a bass it's drum. Our, yeah. yeah, and he drops the bass drum. I think it's all just... I think that's all of Trip's solo journey. When he's show. off by himself, everything is sheer convenience, and we need this weird scene to happen. Let's make Lex do it. Yeah. When he's off by himself, we're just going to put him on. It is it is TV's very fucking odd because again, like they should have been set up like hours ago, and he is carrying a drum bass drum that says "Kiss." It, it could have like, been anything. Yeah. It could have been like him just hiding behind another person. Yeah, or a newspaper. Oh, speaking of newspapers, that's another point I wanted to make. Oh, yeah. Did you notice the teacher? You do. You know. You know. I'm going with this. The yeah. teacher in study hall earlier in the movie is reading a newspaper on the front page. It's talking about the Jonestown Massacre. Yeah, and it says about it's the in the Kool-Aid. Kool-Aid. Yeah. Even though it was flavoring. <laughs> it wasn't Kool-Aid. It was, it was a cheap shit. Poppy a okay. misconception. So you think that that was something that was maybe accurate at the time in the paper? Maybe. Or a, a goof in the movie? I think it was just a dumb like throwaway reference that maybe like 14 people in the audience were like, oh, hey, I remember the Jonestown Massacre. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. That was weird. Remember yeah, that? Yeah. But yeah. And then, yeah, I don't know. That's, I think it's the same as in Boyhood when they're going to Harry Potter. It's just to set you at the time. Sure. It's time yeah. setting. I think that, yeah, that's right. probably yeah. majority of what it was. I don't think they really paid too much attention. Uh, like, I think a lot of people don't watch movies the same way and just ignore all that exactly. and don't even notice do. any of that. So yep. I'm I'm that also that nerd who's just like, oh, did you see that? <laughs> yep. Yeah. This movie's uh, got a lot of it, too. Wrapping yeah, it up, yeah. final questions here. Uh, and I'll start. And then I'll, I'll I'll spread it around to the crew. Would you recommend this movie? And I will say, absolutely. You should absolutely watch Detroit Rock City. James, what do you say? I agree. I will recommend it. I don't think you have to be a Kiss fan to enjoy it. It's a beautiful part of this to, movie. Yeah, I think that non-Kiss <laughs> fans will find a lot of comedy uh, and enjoy it just the same. Um, it's you'll laugh, you'll love, you'll cry. Goddamn. <laughs> Beautiful. Ryan, Ryan, what about you? Do you recommend this movie? Yeah, and I'll add this point, too. I agree with everything that's been said so far, and I'll go even further and say this movie is shot like a music video. I don't know who this director is. I didn't look it up. He doesn't have much credit. I looked but it up. But I will say, yeah. he tries every visual trick in the book. Like, he does so many, like, visual <laughs> editing tricks, camera angles. Like, he really does a lot of interesting things yeah. with his camera. Like, he really... He tells a story with it. So fun and entertaining. And, like, everything moves like a music video. It's so easy breezy. Like, great cuts. This guy is like Michael Bay, but without the testosterone and machismo. Yeah. It's great. I love I love the way this movie flows. It's entertaining. It's great. It's heartfelt. I don't even really love Kiss that much. But, like, this is a movie, like, I, would, I wish, like, my dad had shown me. Because, like, my dad does love Kiss. And I think we could have bonded over this movie in a way. It's great. Love it. Really, really happy with this movie. Two it's stars. A fun ride. Two, two stars. Two out of five. <laughs> Wouldn't recommend. <laughs> James, man, uh, I just want to say thanks for fucking coming on the show, man. Thanks this, for inviting me. This I'm is for it. real. I think this is maybe the longest episode we've ever had, and it has been a great discussion all throughout. Let's and keep going then. No, nah, I don't think we will, but <laughs> I do want to extend the invitation. I want to have you back, man. This is fucking I great. would love to. I love having you on the Was show. Was there Detroit I like... Rock City 2? No. Or is that Role Models? But there is Kiss Alive too. <laughs> I also get Role Models, I would put in, because Role Models Ooh. wears its Kiss love on its sleeve. Sure, sure. Ooh, okay. that's a good one, too. Yeah. If we do Role Models, well, that's hysterical. James is back. 
for sure. I love it. I think but that man, should be that's your a next good one. one. Thank you for coming on, buddy. Thank you for having me. I fucking love having you, man. This Thank is you. Awesome. This is fun. Uh, so we're going to wrap it up. I'm Kyle. Ryan. James. And uh, <laughs> we'll catch you next time, everybody. 